In this conversation, Coach and I talked to 1985 graduate Eric Bradley. Eric discusses with us his attempt to swim the English Channel in 2017. Enjoy the conversation. Well, Coach, how you been? Good. <laughs> uh, how's your week been? Well, I had a really good, got off last week. Um, they let me skip a week because Brett came up and so I had a real nice weekend. I'm hooked up now. I had my treatment this afternoon or this morning and afternoon. So they got me, got me hooked up. <laughs> yeah, it stinks. Yeah. Well. <laughs> well, I think we lost Eric totally. So let me uh, try. Yeah, to... <laughs> it looks like it. Yeah, yeah let me try to call I him back. I got you on the whole screen now. Yeah. Did that work? Yeah, it says it's ringing. Oh, you'd think they'd know how to use it. <laughs> Let me just shut down out of Messenger real quick, and then we'll get back then. Okay. I'll call you back. Well, nothing's without uh, technical difficulties, is it? <laughs> but um, Sophie Eatonson says hi. Do what? I said Sophie Eatonson says hi. We're, we're live right now. Hey, hi, Sophie. Since you aren't drinking, Coach, I'm not going to drink either. I'm just. Uh, hey, you don't. That's all right. <laughs> I'm just going to drink some water. Hey, there you are. Hey. Got you now. <laughs> it's probably better without the camera. <laughs> Good to see you, Coach. Same here, eh? It's great. Many, many, many years. Many. Yeah. No, um, Eric, when's the last time you've been back to Tell City? You know, mom and dad are still alive. Um, and so we try to go down and visit them. Mom's, mom's in assisted living. Uh, and then dad lives in the apartment complex right across the parking lot. She went into assisted living right about the time COVID hit. So she calls it prison. Mm, <laughs> so we, we go get to talk to her through the window and, uh, Dad still goes into work every day. Crazy how they they keep ticking. Yeah, what's what's he do for a living? He still goes into work every day. Yeah, he's an accountant, you know, and he does a few taxes and payrolls and that sort of thing for people. Is that still up? Is that still up on the way to Jasper? Is he in town? Yeah, he's in town. His office they moved a while back, but he's down on uh, Tell Street, right next to John Shears' office. The Edward Jones. Yeah, Edward Jones, yeah. They're right next to them and right down the street from Han Signs. All right. Eric, we're on Facebook Live, so people are uh, people have the opportunity to message and uh, you know say hi to Coach or ask questions or something like that. So, Coach, let's see who we got on so far. I told, already told you we had Sophie Eatonson on. Um, Abby uh, Lawrence McKinney's on. Jane Mansfield Dryling. Um Stacy Hildenbrandt, uh, Kara, Kara uh, Zoe Ruber. I don't know how to pronounce her yeah. last name. I'm not even going to try. <laughs> She's on. Um, and Patsy Alvey. So a few of them said hi. Hey. I better not turn Good my phone off. What's that? I said it's great to hear from everybody. Yeah. No, Eric, have you listened to any of the podcasts? I have, yeah. I got to listen. Uh, the one I got to listen the whole way through, I was off like, listening to Tim Reed okay. talk about his time and he dove when I was in school, right? He was a, he was a year or two older than I was. Um, but he was a diver when I was swimming at the time. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So you graduated Tell City in 1985. Is that what you said? And yeah, so... 35 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> so did you start swimming uh, coach's first year at Tell City? So I was the second, second freshman class, right? I don't know if anybody else or maybe in one or two people that were four-year swimmers, but I was one of the first four or five four-year swimmers at Tell City. And our team in senior year was really small. It was I was the only returning swimmer. There wasn't many people that made it all the way through. So, no, we've actually been trying to get you onto this uh, to the podcast with us for a while. Coach Eric was one of the first people I contacted because I, I ran into Eric in uh, Columbus, um, Indiana, during a, an Olympic triathlon in, like, 
I forget what year it was, 2016 maybe? Probably. And uh, I got introduced to him, and he said that, you, that he swam for you, and and uh, we just kind of actually kept contact since then. So, But anyway, it's good to have you on. Uh, so... Have you listened to any of the other podcasts besides Tim? So I've asked I've asked the swimmers questions before. So do you have any idea what those questions are going to be? No, just hit me. All right. Well, we'll get into we'll get into those. We'll get into those. Um, first, I'm getting a little feedback. The other reason we have you on not only because you're one of the first swimmers, but I want to talk about uh, you, your attempt at swimming the English Channel. So we'll get into a little bit about that. I'll ask you some other questions. You know about your time at Tell City and, and after that. So, first of all, uh, Coach, what have you been up to this week? Tell me something interesting that you've done. I think people want to listen so to you I've talk. Been, yeah. What have you done? I mean, the the weekend was great. I, I uh, Brad came over from uh, Columbus, Ohio, and he spent uh, like the last, the last four days of the weekend with us, and we went out to Tammy's, and we had a real good time. I rode a bike for the first time, by the way, <laughs> in several several years. I think it was an attempt to do away with me, really, because <laughs> uh, the, we, we, they have a really, really nice trail, walking bike trail here in Pokemo. It's very long. And I don't know how far. You might go up to Grissom Air Force Base, and it goes all the way through the city and down the south side or whatever. But anyway, I rode the bike, and I think the bike ride to the trail was longer than how long I stayed on the trail, <laughs> or how long I lasted on the trail. But uh, so I guess, I, but I got in the water a couple of days in their pool, and I hadn't done that in a while. So I guess that was okay. that was uh, the highlight. Yeah, and grilled and stuff. So oh man, what they grill? All kind of stuff. Yeah. Chicken. My wife w- was on. Um, Craigslist today looking for like uh, I don't know what she was looking for but she saw a post on there with uh, these uh or maybe it was Facebook somebody shared it I don't know but it was like a, it was a Craigslist ad and it was uh 25 to 28 year olds throwing a party seek a father figure to grill <laughs> so, yeah it was like the the prerequisites the prerequisites where you have to you have to had a 18 years of fatherly experience and 10 years of grilling experience. <laughs> That's awesome. I told Gene, I was like, well, would they accept 12 years of father experience and like 18 years of grilling experience? Because for free beer, mm-hmm. and it's right in my alley. I saw yeah. a good one that was uh, some governor's guidelines where you could have up to 25 people or protests up to 100 people, right? And yeah. somebody said, hey, I'm having a protest at my house this weekend. Bring beer and brats, right? <laughs> yeah. And your arguments for discussion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Bring an opinion. Uh, it's, it's getting crazy out there. I don't, even know what, I don't even know what to believe in anymore. I just try to, you know, keep a cool head and move on. So, Eric, tell us what you've been doing since, uh, you know, graduating in 1985. I know you went to Purdue, but... Uh, right, yeah. yeah. So, Purdue from 85 to 89, and they were silly enough to give me an electrical engineering degree. Um, and I, I took that and sort of a, an interest in aviation and went to work for GE Aerospace for three years out in Binghamton, New York, which I later learned is the cloudiest city in the country. <laughs> so... <laughs> And then uh, my now wife and then girlfriend and I decided that we should uh, get married and we thought that living in the same state together would probably be good for that. And so started hunting for a job uh, anywhere in the U.S. that we could both find jobs. And we ended up here in Columbus, Indiana back in 1992. The house I'm sitting in right now is the house we we literally bought that year we Came in and uh, started working for Cummins. She was working for Sylvania, making. She was making headlights. I was making electronics for engines. And we've been here since that time. I've worked a few different jobs. I I did the whole work at home thing. I'm, so I was a veteran when when this whole COVID thing <laughs> came around. I I could work at home, no problem. We raised two kids here. My son was born in 1996. Daughter was born in 1998. Uh, they weren't given a choice. They both had to swim at least during their 
their formative years. So they, they uh, swam for the Donner swim team. Coach Sheridan was coaching that at the okay. time. And then uh, they went on to swim in high school at uh, Columbus East. Uh, Reagan, she, well, Jared's senior year got cut a little short. He broke his leg and at Thanksgiving and ended up, um, the, there was no cast involved. So he, after three or four weeks of just watching everybody swim in practice, he ended up asking the coach if he could jump in and he swam a little bit. And they went down to a meet in Jeffersonville, like a relay style meet and asked the other coach and they said, Hey, can we stick a swimmer in that has a, a broken leg, put him in the starting position? They're like, Oh heck yeah. And so Jared ended up swimming, you know, probably a hundred four by 100 freestyle relay team. And, uh, you know, the whole place just was <laughs> erupted. That was kind of cool. His, his fondest memory of swimming, I think was the day my mom, I think, asked Coach, hey, do you happen to have Eric's times from high school, right? And Coach was able to dig him up. He must have great records. And uh, <laughs> he was so happy because the day we got those results, he had just swam a 609 in the 500, and my time was a 610. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, I crushed you, Dad. <laughs> Uh, so they're doing great. He's a flight instructor here locally, and my daughter just graduated Purdue. Um, All right. I'm, yeah, exactly. Just boil her up. And uh, Kathy and I still we still keep working. I do a lot of a um, lot more contracting and consulting these days than I do going into the office every day. Um, and then I do flight instruction on the side, which is really kind of my one of my big passions in life that my dad introduced me to way back when. So I get to fly with a lot of people and probably Kathy get, gets me in trouble. I fly too much probably. And you know, what's interesting is swimming has been that, that go-to fitness for me. Um, I'm not a great runner. I have run. Um, I like biking, but it's kind of a, a pain in the push to go out and bike every night but i somehow found over the years just every day at lunch i was able to go to our local pool and swim or uh, in the summer times donner was open and we they have a lunchtime lap lap swim so that hour at the in that long 50 meter pool out in the sun and that was that that's my jam right i love that that portion of the year so yeah it's it's i've had some great jobs great careers have traveled all over the world because of them and you know right now i'm kind of enjoying being home and being in the house we thought we'd be empty nesters by now but they keep showing up and staying here <laughs> yeah yeah that's no, funny uh no that's a good story about your son swimming a one second faster than you at 500 so <laughs> yeah. um, so you're a 500 swimmer huh I was not. Uh, you know, Coach <laughs> used to always tease me that I had the fastest 75-yard breaststroke in the state. I had no stamina for some reason. And uh, so the only time I swam the 500 was uh, at probably my senior year. We, we were at South Spencer, and they were a little bitty team, too. So it was one of those meets where we just all kind of did different events than we yeah. we normally did. and. I remember my, we were at, we were at home against South Spencer and my mom was used to me swimming hundreds, right? Yeah. And so at the end of every lap, she'd be up cheering, thinking that was the finish of the race. <laughs> and then I'd turn and go back for more. And it took her a while to figure out, oh, he's swimming the 500 for the first time in history. So. <laughs> That's a pretty good time, though, for not having any stamina, 609. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe I was a closet distance swimmer. Who knows, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, Coach, do you remember Eric in the pool? I do. Um, I, don't, I don't remember the, the 75 breaststroke. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I'm sure I, I told you at one time because I know we, we talked to each other. I talked to your mom several times. But... I mean, I'm from Columbus originally, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, not originally, but I mean, I, I graduated from Columbus High School, right. which is north now. It was Columbus High School at the time. But I swam and coached for Donner, and it's neat knowing that you, you know, you guys were involved there. Right. Well, my my wife, you know, the perpetual volunteer, she volunteered to be the president of the swim club in 2006, and that was the year they decided to do some rehab on the natatorium, and so Indiana Swimming asked Donner if they would host the summer date meet right so mm-hmm. all of a sudden we had to go put together a you know an 800 swimmer three-day meet and you know this was kathy's rookie year as president of the, oh, the club <laughs> so she pulled it off great but holy cow what okay. a what a trial by fire right yeah that was always a first class organization so yeah no being president of the swim club's no joke <laughs> yeah yeah it's sort of like almost a full-time job it is. Especially and Donner having such history. And I mean, we had great volunteers, great processes and all that stuff. So that makes it pretty easy. But still, you know, it's it's a big job. Yeah. yeah. How expensive is Donner Swim Club? I mean, is it a pretty expensive club to be in? Yeah, that's a good question. We've not been in it in a while. But I want to say like a, like a season was maybe like 300 bucks or something. Okay. Like that, and then of course you got all the meat entry fees and all that, yeah, sort of stuff. You know, kind of. I don't know. Maybe we're bad parents, but we kind of encouraged our kids to swim at the home meets and <laughs> not swim so much at the <laughs> away meets. Yeah. Right. So they weren't going to go to school on swimming scholarships, so we weren't really worried about cranking in great times. Yeah, sure, sure. I remember. Um, it's funny when I went back to Tell City and was coaching for the age group program for a couple of years. The the monthly fee was still thirty dollars, and I was like, "That is thirty dollars when I was swimming." Like, I don't know how you kept it that low for so long, Coach. But you guys made it really affordable for kids and families to swim at Tell City. For I don't know what it is now. I, I'm sure it's a little more expensive than that. But uh, but anyway, I don't know how you guys did it. A lot of good help. <laughs> good volunteers, good parents. Yeah. Yeah, yeah sure. Um, let me see what I got here. All right. I guess we can just go ahead in the English Channel. So, um, one of the, yeah, one of the reasons I have you on, I sent Coach that uh, PDF, but I'm, I never got back to you and, and if you were able to open it or not, Coach. Um, no. I, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. So, I guess... <laughs> I, I, I was, I, you know, you sent that to me a while ago, read through it, uh, a lot of, a lot of good stuff in there. So, um, tell us how you got involved in that and what, what was your interest in getting involved in trying to swim the yeah, channel? Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's an interesting story. So it, it, if you kind of think of it, there's kind of two, uh, I don't know, two streams of bad luck maybe that came together to cause me to start that foolishness. Um, so uh, probably 2015 time frame, give or take, uh, maybe a little earlier than that. Uh, Alex Harris, who was a senior in high school, um, as his senior project. So Columbus schools have a senior project where you, you make a proposal of something you're going to do that stretches you or, or somehow is, you know, just outside of the academic world. And he decided to propose to, attempt to swing, swim the English channel. And so I kind of followed that. I was like, holy cow, what is this? And so that was the, the event that sort of made me uh, aware of this, this whole craziness that exists out there. And then it was probably a year later, probably after he had swam or he made his attempt, I was kind of going through one of those, one of my 10 midlife crises and, uh, <laughs> Decided that, you know, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna run an Ironman. I'm not built for that. I'm not, you know, so I was kind of looking for that epic life challenge, right? The one that you just throw all of your energy into and researched some more and said, you know what? This English Channel thing, you know, that sounds like a really interesting and unique thing to do. I'd been swimming pretty consistently for, you know, 15 years at that point. So my swimming 
you know, stamp my stamina and my uh, ability was pretty, pretty decent. So the, the distance really didn't scare me. It was all the other variables that you have out there, the waves and cold and yeah. all that jazz. So one of the things I learned is it's a three year process. So oh, you wow. have to, you have to book your boat three years in advance, right? So that's a, that's a heck of a challenge, right? You've got to decide three years from now, am I going to be healthy and in a work situation and all those sorts of things yeah. to make it happen. Um, and so it was a little bit of a roll of the dice because you got to spend a grand, you know, to, to book, to hold the, the boat. But, um, lots of research, you know, trying to figure out what's the right, uh, schedule to go on and all that sort of stuff. Uh, cause they only have, X number of boats and only certain slots to swim in and all that thing. So it's a, it, there's a lot of details that went into it. But sure enough, I found a boat that was available and I booked it for kind of that third week in August. I knew where the kids would have a week off from school if they were going to summer school, but it would be before school started for the fall in college. <laughs> kind of the, walked downstairs and said, hey, Kathy, what would you think about let me swim the English Channel, and she was probably said something like, "Are you nuts or crazy or just how stupid are you?" Um, but sure enough, we we decided, "Yeah, let's try it," and we booked it. Which you know, that started this a whole crazy journey of training and meeting all sorts of new people, and you know, all of the research on what to eat and how do you feed during the thing you know it was it was like it was just an incredibly big project for somebody here in the states who's living in a landlocked yeah state <laughs> right yeah. um as we learned later the brits and the germans and the irish you know they go hop in the ocean and swim for a few hours all the time right yeah. <laughs> and uh we just don't have that here in fact one of the qualification swims I had to do was a two hour swim in, in sub 60 degree wow. water. Okay. No, no wetsuit or anything like that. So they, they want to see that you A, have the stamina and B, have the ability to, to withstand that cold water. And it was like, it was, it was, I remember it was Memorial Day weekend and I had planned, I had two plans here locally to swim that. One was I'd called, the Donner manager, the summer pool manager. And I said, Hey, as soon as the water gets in the pool and health department says, okay, I want to get in and swim this two hour swim before it gets, before you turn on the heater. <laughs> and, and he calls me and he, he goes, Eric, the water coming in the pool must be coming out of one of the water towers. It's coming in at 63 degrees, right? So it was already too warm for me to, to swim locally. So we went out to one of the lake, measured the water temperature all over the lake, and it was 61, 62. I couldn't, I literally couldn't find a, a place to swim. So my son and I had to go up to Lake Michigan and swim along the shoreline in Michigan City for a couple of hours, which, you know, it was a beautiful day and the water was crisp and cold, but you know, probably yeah. people thought, what's this nut going out and swimming down the, the shore for you- a mile? and how do you have to record that? They trust you to, you know, <laughs> sort of self do it. Okay. Uh, you know, Jared had to sign, my son had to sign his name that he, that he observed it, right? So it's not a, you don't have to have an official or anything like that. So yeah. we could have pencil whipped it, I guess, but it's, uh, we, we legitimately went and did that, that swim. Okay. And then so that, that two hour qualification, that was to do a relay swim. So I did a relay the year before. I did the solo. And then for the solo swim, you have to do a six hour swim in 60 degree water. And that has to be observed. Um, and, uh, and so we went to this beautiful island in the Mediterranean with on this camp, this training camp that's basically for, and for channel swimmers and other long distance swimmers. And, um, you know, this beautiful, clear Mediterranean 
water. It was, it, you just can't imagine how gorgeous it was to be yeah. swimming along, uh, along those beaches. And we just kind of just on the six hour day, we just swam up and down this beach and it took me about 30 minutes to do the whole lap and we were eating every 30 minutes. So it was do a lap, yeah. eat some carbs, How do another you- lap. So what time of year was that? Like that you went to? That was uh, that would have been late April, early May. Uh, okay, I was just and, just wondering because the water, you know, in the Mediterranean get pretty warm. Yeah, so it was uh, I I don't know fifty nine or something. Okay, like that. So it was uh, it was okay. chilly and. I mean, you would stop. Would you just physically stop in the water, tread water, and eat, or? Yeah. So what happened? We had a we had a shore crew, um, and they would create little cups of carbs right so usually sugar water and peaches or something like that right and so we'd swim up to the beach stand up they'd hand it to us we'd slug it down but you had to get back swimming really quickly or you would get really cold really quickly um so it was a uh, 30 seconds or less to eat and then you know get back to making some heat because you would you would get cold really really fast yeah yeah that's crazy. I mean, you 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 did it in seals, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, they keep you in the water for long for a long time, so you start jackhammering, you know. And yeah. You, I mean, you're and you're not doing anything. You're just like sitting there. So right. It would be funny. Like the worst thing would be like every night during Hell Week, you go in uh, to medical and they do full body medical of you, you know, and and you get warm camis. So you go through medical, you get warm. You come out in your nice, warm, you know, uniform, and then immediately, like, go hit the beach. <laughs> you know? so, Please go freeze again. Yeah, yeah. So then you hit the water, and I, every night, like, we would sit up on the berm, and they'd be like, wave, by, wave goodbye to the sun. So you'd just be sitting there waving goodbye to the sun. And like, uh, <laughs> all right. So, yeah. Another cool yeah, night. Yeah, that, that was a cool event, Dave. We met some really, really, really interesting folks from Britain and Ireland and Germany that were there with us. Uh, this one young lady from Ireland, you know, looking at her, you would you know, say, oh, just a attractive young lady. And holy crap, was she tough as nails. Turns out she's in the Irish army. But, you know, she would just swim circles around you. And, you know, she's in that cold water and just little bikini swimsuit. And... <laughs> Yeah. You know, it was nothing for her. So, yeah. really interesting. And we still, I'm still in contact with a bunch of those yeah. people from that that event. So that was that that was probably the best part of the whole, you know, journey was just all of the incredibly interesting swimming nuts that you you meet yeah. around the world doing this. Now we have uh, um, one one girl that swam for Tell City, and she swam for Southridge. Sheena Collie. See, see mm-hmm. her, her name. She yep. said she swam with you at Donner or something like that. I don't know. Like yeah, the, she swims at the at our FFY, which is kind of our little okay. YMCA. Um, she's ridiculously fast too. I don't <laughs> I don't like it when she shows up. <laughs> There's about a half a dozen people here in town when they show up. It's like, oh, okay, I'm gonna be very mortal today in the pool. Yeah, no, when I was uh, in Louisville and we'd swim at, uh, I'd, I'd go to Mary T. Maher some mornings when they had the 50 meter uh, set up. And there would be like this 50 year old lady in there just tearing me apart. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was just like, God. So uh, there was a more than a couple of times where I'd see her swimming in like lane, whatever, way over there, and I'd get way over there. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be anywhere near her. <laughs> Last summer, I was swimming at Donner, which we can't swim there this year. They've got it closed for the season, but and, it's, and uh, I'm missing it badly. But um, I was hopping in and swimming, and you know, not not in the best shape in the world. But um, the Brenniger boy, that's like fourth in the world in the 10k swimming, he hops in my lane with me and just literally swims three times as fast as I mean, you know, I mean, I could be a dead sprint. He's just kind of lollygagging and he's just plowing past yeah. me. It's just amazing to watch somebody that good at swimming go past you. Right. So it reminds me of my mortality pretty quickly. <laughs> Coach, what kind of swimmer was Eric? I mean, you said you remember him in the pool, but you never said what kind of swimmer he was. 
I mean, at the time, he was a great swimmer. I mean, we had, what, about five or six guys on the team? <laughs> right. I know if you swam, when, when you swam with Tim or whatever, we had, you know, you had two, maybe two divers, and that was half the team. So. Yeah. But no, Eric, had, I mean, he had a, an absolutely beautiful freestyle. I do remember that. You know, he, he was a great guy to have on the team. And, and uh, you know, at, at the time, we were trying to build a program, so... Uh, you know, and what, three years after he graduated, uh, whatever, we won a sectional. So he obviously helped us grow and, you know, helped us, you know, help form a, uh, you know, a, a mindset that um, at some point in time we could be good. And, you know, came along you know, right after. His whole family was, you know, was Alan uh, did, uh, Alan, I, I, was he in college when? Mm-hmm. Yep, when he, he was. Spent? Yeah, he did some meets for us. Did he come back and live in Tel City for a while? Or he did, yeah. So he he got his uh, his ref license or whatever, and did a bunch yeah. of starting yeah. and ref refing at, at the yes, high school. He was very good, very good, you know. So and then Betsy was, you know, she was around even long, you know, after Eric left. In fact, you know, we kind of reunited. <clears throat> excuse me, kind of reunited when uh, uh, you asked for the uh, cap and everything, which was a wonderful thing, and. Um, he brought it back to Tell City to the high school and stuff like that. So, yeah. You know, Eric, uh, you know, he's been a part of Tell City Swimming for a long time, and uh, obviously represents it very well. I'm very proud. I was extremely proud when he, you know, when he uh, did the you know, whole England thing, and I didn't realize what all he went through, but uh, that's fantastic. Doesn't surprise me. So yeah, Tell City Cap uh, swam for an hour in the English. Yeah. In the English Channel during the relay, so I put together a little cadre of caps I wanted to wear just to celebrate different organizations. So I had a Tell City cap, a Purdue cap, Donner uh, East High School cap that I wore during the, the relay. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. So you gave it back to, uh, I guess, Tell City swimming. Yeah, I actually yeah. have it put together. You might not be able to see it real great, but I have oh, a. Wow. Ah, wow, cool. Right in the middle. I need to get, I need to get somewhere down to the swimming program. And I don't know if Stacy or whoever would be able to accept it, but this is, this is from the relay and that's the cap that actually went across the the channel. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. No, I'm sure Stacy would be more than happy to accept that. Or, or maybe even like, Brad Ramsey or, you know, the, the principal or a superintendent probably would be too, I'm sure. Yes. Right. That's I'd cool. love to get that down there. Yeah. Uh, Jennifer Land said there's nothing like open water swimming. <laughs> you know, it's, it's a lot different, right? I, uh, it's, it's definitely not racing. Um, it's, you're in it for the, the long haul and you really have to do something with your brain and (laughs) (laughs) you know it's interesting during the during the relay we would swim for an hour at a time and so that wasn't really that hard to sort of keep up with things but during the solo swim i'm like holy crap i got 12 to 15 hours of just droning along beside a boat what am i what what is my brain gonna do during this and it turns out i'm not very creative i just I, I i kept the hour count in my head so i'd always say oh that's about the end of one hour and then i'd swim i'd do that for the next hour and then oh that's the end of two hours so yeah. other than that and singing a couple of songs in my head it was pretty boring that's funny. i have this uncanny ability to zone out so i just <laughs> My, I don't know where my mind goes. I don't think about anything. It just shuts off. It's nuts. Right. That's uh, valuable for open water swimming. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes it's not. Like, you know, if I'm trying to listen to, um, you know, somebody talk to me or my boss telling me to do something and all of a sudden I just zone out. <laughs> it's not very helpful to me. But, which has happened before. So let's just talk about race day in the English Channel. I know we got, um, we kind of got you building up to it. So, um, rolling into there, were, did you have some kind of injury or something rolling in there? Because I know you had, like, uh, when I was reading the PDF, you had some kind of shoulder problems. Yeah, so the longest training swim I had done was seven hours uh, in a row. Now, in the weeks le- leading up to it, 
I was doing pretty consistent um, 25 miles a week of swimming. And usually I would break that in. So seven days uh, a week. So it's over three miles a day. And most days I was splitting that into two. So swimming in the morning, swimming in the afternoon. So it, it was it was shorter sessions. So I didn't do a lot of the, the ridiculously long stuff. You know, when, when I did have the, the shoulder pain start to show up, it showed up at about the seven and a half or eight hour mark. So I'd literally not ever swam out that long. So it was a surprise to me. And, uh, thank you, coach, for the beautiful stroke comment earlier, but apparently it's not quite beautiful enough. <laughs> stroke flaw that, that messed up my left jaw. And, and it was, it was pure fatigue. It wasn't, uh, wasn't like a rotator cuff or anything like that. It was just the the way I was swinging my left arm was just working the deltoid a little bit too oddly, and uh, it was just wearing itself out. And by the afternoon, we had quite heavy seas. So you know, the thing I remember clearly was about every other stroke, as your arm would go forward. There was about 50% chance you were going to hit a wall of water, right? And so you, you hit that and then you got to push your arm up through the water to get to the recovery point. And if, if you could have heard the words I was saying when, <laughs> when that pain was setting in, it would not have been, it would have been church like. So yeah. So the swim itself. We got the call about 6 p.m. the night before saying, they were going to check the weather once again at midnight for the official go, no-go, but uh, plan on swimming, right? So that kicked off a whole little round where uh, my wife and kids and my brother uh, started putting together the food and the feeds and all the stuff that I would need on the boat. Um, so they were putting all that together. I went to bed about 10 p.m. actually slept, surprisingly. Um and then at midnight, uh, we got the call and said, yep, we're on, meet at the marina at 4 a.m. Generally, what they try to do is they try to start you on the high tide. And that happened to be at about 5 a.m. that morning. So you have to leave leave the marina an hour in advance to get to the beach. Um, so they try to start you on the high tide. So the tide's a little slack while you're close to shore so that the waves near shore aren't aren't driven by the, the tidal current. And so by the time the tide current picks up, you're a mile or two offshore and should be out into the flatter water at that point. So middle of the night, you show up at this marina in Dover and there's half a dozen other teams. They're all getting ready to go out on their boats, right? There's nobody else around, but all of these crazy people getting ready to, to swim. Um, as I was getting ready to get all my gear and go to my boat, a lady from Boston approached me and said, asked me if I was, if I was planning to swim it because she was really worried about the winds coming up and, you know, just the challenge of her fitness being able to complete and all that stuff. And she was also, she had a whole bunch of drama on her boat of who was going to go on as her, her support team and all that stuff. So she, she had quite a bit of chaos going. And I, I said, well, I'm going to go because we just, there's literally not a weather window available for the next two weeks. And I had to be back home. Right. So we were kind of taking a shot where yeah, this is the best weather day we have for the next two days or two weeks. Let's go. And she asked me, you know, kind of what my pace was and all that stuff. I'm like, well, normally I'm a good solid two miles per hour, but who knows what this this weather's gonna. How about you sizing you do. up? <laughs> yeah. um, so she ended up deciding to go. We that we saw her boat following us out, um, and so kind of the the way this works is you you ride for thirty forty to forty five minutes in your boat, and you're getting all sorts of sunscreen and getting all sorts of setup. Uh, and then they pull the boat up near shore and the observer that's on board says, okay, here's the deal. You're going to jump in. You're going to swim to shore. You're going to, you have to, you have to literally get out of the water, stand on the shore and we'll honk the horn on the boat 
once you hear that, you jump in, that's when you officially start. Wow. Right. Uh, so they have, of course, it's British, so they have a little, you know, tradition that they have to go through. So on board the boat was the, the captain and his crew, my wife, my kids, and then an official observer who was to just see her job is to sort of create a nice log. And if you're successful, she would sign it and all that sort of stuff. And one of, one of her duties though, she, she's very uh, precise about every so often counting your strokes per minute. Right. And it turns out that that stroke rate is the biggest indication of sort of, you know, the health of the swimmer. Right. And so she was telling me for the first seven hours, I was dead nuts, consistent 62 stroke per minute. She goes, sometimes it was 61, sometimes it was 63, but you were just clockwork, 62 strokes per minute. And then when the shoulder pain hit, it dropped fairly quickly down to 50 strokes per minute. And you know, then you kind of get on the backside of the power curve where I wasn't making enough heat to keep myself warm. And, you know, it just kind of devolved from there. But, you know, for the, those first seven hours, I was probably an hour ahead of where we expected to be in the crossing. Um, I, I could tell a little bit, some evidence of where we were in the crossing just by where the ships were passing. So they all pass, go south on one side and north on the other side. But by the time the afternoon rolled around and the, the pain started setting in, it was, uh, that, that's when it got, and the wind came up. So it got really challenging at that point. <laughs> Probably the most interesting part of it was when you're swimming, you, the boats sort of, they'd, they'd go into gear and they'd kind of pull up in front of you and you'd go swim and you'd catch them, catch them, catch them, catch them, catch them and you kind of get out in front of them and then they'd put it in gear and they'd go, you know, it's kind of just this little two-step that we kept going through. And of course, as soon as you got out in front of the boat, you just get smacked by the waves that the boat had been blocking, right? And as soon as you got in back of the boat, all of the diesel exhaust would just come fill your fill your lungs right so it's like i really wanted to swim right next to the boat but they would never let me and at one point they switched captains uh, so they had a crew member go to the captain and he's sort of he wasn't doing that he kind of kept me swimming just behind the boat to the left and the wind was coming and that diesel smoke was literally just filling my lungs right <laughs> and so this is at the six or six and a half hour mark. I finally said, oh, God, I got to stop and tell them that I got. And I knew it would be the first time I was going to stop unexpectedly. And I would cause everybody to freak out. And it did, right? <laughs> so everybody popped up and said, what? What's wrong? And I said, please, just give me some oxygen. So, uh, but yeah, it's just it's kind of you're just swimming next to the boat. When, you know, start, it, it was it was dark as and so you have a lit boat next to you, but that's that's all you could see. By the time the sun came up, you could I could kind of see the the cliffs of Dover all retreating in the background, and you could see some boats uh, going by. Of course, you can't see any of the other swimmers unless they just happen to be really close to you. And then at seven and a half hours, that's when the shoulder pain started to become noticeable, and finally at the nine hour mark. I told them, uh, they, well, they, they had noticed the stroke drop and they, you know, pumped me full of Tylenol or whatever it was to try to get rid of it. But coming out of that nine hour feed, restarting my stroke, right? It felt like it was a huge stone that, you know, you just kind of push <laughs> and you just kind of have to keep pushing and it kind of gets some momentum, but it was like, I had never felt arms that just would not come up to speed yeah. like that. And of course the the left arm was just ridiculously painful at that point. And so it, at the nine and a half hour mark that we'd stopped to get a feed and the, the current had picked up, so it drug me away from the boat really quickly and 
I couldn't explain what the issue was, and it was just kind of chaos at that point. And I finally said, "All right, enough. <laughs> I don't. I don't need to have a rotator cuff <laughs> surgery." And so they they did a great job of trying to talk me back and not get out of the water. And I was like, "Nope, nope I, I got to get out." And so when when I got out, of course, there's lots of commotion and stuff. But this this left arm would not work. <laughs> I literally could not move it. I, I'd, I had to lift it up to put it sort of in the sweatshirt that they were trying to, wow. to put over me. And, uh, and, of course, it hurt like the devil. And, and then I hadn't realized how cold I had gotten. So the the yeah. jackhammer that you were talking about, the sh- this, just the uncontrollable shakes, they lasted for, I don't know, at least a three-hour boat ride back to the... Yeah. Sure. And uh, so, of course, I'm Mr. Apologetic. Oh, man, I, I wasted a chance and da 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 da. And they're like, no, no, you did great. Um, <laughs> everybody was trying to prop me up. And uh, so I was talking to the captain a little bit. And I'm like, okay, I mean, nine and a half hours, that's not bad, but you know, it's not the greatest attempt in the world, is it? Right. He goes, oh, no, 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 don't you worry. He goes, the shortest attempt ever was. 20 minutes. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be kidding me. He goes, yep. German team, guy jumped in the water in that first hour when it's all dark, wavy, right and all that stuff. He got up. He decided to stop after 20 minutes. He goes, that's it. I'm out. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right. I made it more than 20 minutes. So, <clears throat> But, yeah, it was uh, just a really interesting event. I, I think the, the most telling part of it was you know, you know you, okay i didn't finish let's all well, i mean nine that. and a half hours in the water man that's a long <laughs> time I mean, right, you know, if, if, if there's a ribbon for 75 percent of the way across uh-huh. then okay i, I got that i don't one. know i mean right. still that's that's crazy so the coolest part was we were invited by one of our swimmers that were in that camp he lived in london he knew we were taking the kids back to the airport on sunday after the attempt and he goes, yeah, why don't you come down to Hyde Park? That's where a bunch of the, the London swimmers hang out and, and practice. Come down, we'll have breakfast together. So we go down there, and so we're sitting in Hyde Park in London, sitting at a table with our friend, other people talking about their channel attempts and all that stuff. And a guy sits down and starts talking to me, and he knew everything about my attempt and where I was from. And, you know, it's, to them, it's a sport, right? Yeah. They know everything. And uh, it turns out, well, the thing he said to me, because I oh, don't worry, mate, took me four times before I got across the first <laughs> time. And I was like, okay, that makes me feel good. And then somebody said, yeah, he's only done it 37 times since. <laughs> <She's> like, <laughs> Jesus. I'm like, okay. But I was just stunned at how how everybody knew about all of the attempts and the people involved and all yeah. that jazz. It was, it was uh, you know, that was just kind of a really interesting piece of the puzzle. The other fun story the year before uh, at, the, at the campground that we stay at, whenever somebody that was staying there would successfully cross, they would, they would raise the flag of their country on a pole out front. And there was this group a Mexican team that was there doing a relay and they finished a little bit before us on the same day. So the, the Mexican flag was flying above the American flag and they're, like, they're taking pictures of it. Saying, oh yeah, well, finally, the Mexican flag is where it belongs, right? And I said, uh, so I was teasing them back. I go, look, you guys had six people, we had four, so it was clearly harder for us. And you know, and they're they're enjoying the ribbing. And the, the problem was, they were all paraplegics. <laughs> six guys that couldn't use their legs and they they crossed the channel in you know a time that was very close to ours i'm like you know okay you guys earned that and you can have the mexican flag above the u.s flag all you want for that one yeah no that's props to you guys 
That's a good story. <laughs> no, so, uh, you, you know, that guy took him four chances to get across. Are you going to ever do it again? Good question. Uh, I don't think I'll do it individually. I The team, the relay crossing was this fantastic shared experience with other people, right? And we all got to celebrate together. Yeah. So I would do that in a heartbeat. Um the solo thing, I don't know. There's probably other things I could spend my time on yeah. <laughs> right now. Um, well, interestingly enough, the, the the campground that we stayed at, they have plaques all over the campground of all of their successful swimmers. And usually the plaque has something like, oh, the first Ethiopian to cross the channel or the first father-son to cross the, you know, something like that, right? And it turns out there is not a four-person family that's ever done it. So that's the that's the seed I'm planting with the Kathy and the kids. Is, hey, maybe, maybe we'll do it as a Bradley family relay sometime. Does your wife swim? Well, oh, she does. Yeah. In fact, she was she's actually good. And the and Reagan, you know, Reagan is a very accomplished swimmer. So those two would kick my tail in, in the pool every day. No, but. Coach, you got three kids. Come on, man, saddle up. Yeah, Before, step up. Yeah, those three can have at it. <laughs> no, well, they need, the, they need the family, so you got to go. You got you to gotta be the yeah. anchor. <laughs> I'll cheer them on. <laughs> you know, uh, Doc Councilman uh, swam the English Channel. He, at the time, he was the oldest man to ever complete it. I think he was yep. like 55 years old or something like that. We met a lady... While we were there, she had just done, she was, I, I want to say she was 66, 67. She had just done a, a two-way crossing. Wow. So she swam over and back, did a blip turn. I asked her, when when was she going to swim again? And she goes, I think I'm going to do it in 2021, because then I would be the oldest female to do the, the crossing, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like... Rock on, lady. You know that's amazing. Um, coach, few people. Janet Wagner says hi. Hey, Janet. And so does uh, Jennifer Hall said hi. Hey, Jen. Yeah. All right. Um, all right, Eric. Let's uh, let's get in some of the bank questions, I guess. Unless, Coach, you got any more questions about the English Channel or anything? I don't have any questions about it or anything. I'm just proud as heck. I mean, it's fascinating to listen to it and talk and. Uh, uh, I guess I guess I'll have to take the blame. I just didn't do enough of those nine and a half hour swims to get your shoulder. <laughs> That's right. Prepared, yeah, come, so I'll, come on. it's on me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Jennifer Land said most people can't swim nine minutes. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen to that. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. I I think it's a very noble attempt, and I mean, if you ever. Um, if you're ever looking for a fourth person on that relay, man, look, see where I'm at. I think it's all right. Fun. Um, or you know, you can we can try to talk uh, coach into going. So. That's right. We got three right here <laughs> yeah. on the screen. I'm sure there's somebody else on there. We can yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, Eric. What uh, What do you enjoy most about swimming? Well, I have to admit the and, the, and I'm going through withdrawals this summer, but. Our 50 meter outdoor pool, and it's during the week, it's normally open from 12 to 2 for lap swimming. That, the endorphins from the swimming and the vitamin D that you get during that 45 to minutes to an hour. And I just, I end up feeling great at the end of the summer. It's just, it's a total natural high. And so the summer, since it's closed, I'm like, I'm suffering withdrawal badly and uh but yeah i have to admit that that i look forward to that every summer and uh of course this year is disappointing that we can't i understand why of course but um and so i'm, I'm ready next year to make it happen that's a honor is a truly unique place isn't it it is it's does uh, it still have the stands upstairs on the the length of the 50 meters and it does yeah yeah and, and uh you know, the year that we did the state meets, uh, we, we considered renting a pool for doing warm-ups, but you know, that, that diving well was just fine for doing the, the warm-ups and you got 
yeah. Eight lanes and all of the wiring goes under the deck. It's just, it, it's beautiful when we get it all set up. Is that the same pool that you're talking about? You had your prom after party, after prom in? Yes. <laughs> we, we, they actually, that was drained and we had our after prom in Donner Pool, in, down in the, actually in the oh, pool. Oh, wow. That's awesome. They put tents in that. They had tents and everything set up for that. And then, of course, they have, you know, the, I mean, they have all those, the, the locker rooms are on one side or mm-hmm. somehow well, yeah. it's, it's configured. Yeah. And then they have a cafeteria. And we, but we had all of our high school dances uh, after basketball and football games were there. That's cool. Uh, had the prom, after prom there. Yeah, it's just a unique place. And we used to have a, we used to have a meet in the summer. Uh, I don't know if you guys still do that. It's, it was called the Exchange Club Meet or something. Mm-hmm. And it was just us, and I think it was like a dual meet or a tri meet with maybe Bloomington and one other team or something. But it was, and, but they bring the band in. The <laughs> mm-hmm. high school bands were were there, and they were set up over in the uh, you know between the diving well and the 50 meter pool. And they'd have a band set up over there, and they'd have uh, I, it, 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 we had a queen contest. There was the <laughs> whatever awesome. queen and. And everything. I don't know if they still do anything like that or not. But and then we had a little swim meet in in between there. <laughs> in between all that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I lasted for like three or four hours. Got I started at like five or six. Got over at ten. They had they had clown divers and, and <laughs> exhibition awful. divers and stuff. It was just it was a neat neat thing. And they did that for years and years and years. Um, Eric. Uh, what's your favorite Beatles song? Probably the toughest question you'll have to answer. Oh, wow! Uh, probably Sergeant Pepper's, right? A, is that a, that's a short song, though, right, Coach? Sergeant Pepper's. Yeah, fairly yeah. short. Yeah. <laughs> good one, though. That's a that's a good album, though, right? Like that's one of their mm-hmm. better. Well, maybe all their albums are good, but I, I want to say that that's probably one of their better albums. So <laughs> yeah, we're all pretty, we're pretty popular, right? You don't even know what that band was uh, last week they were talking about. Ah, uh, yeah, like Vampire Weekend. I don't know what that. Yeah, or like some weird name. I don't know. Molly, Molly's daughter was having a one of her kids was having a fit over that. Yeah, her like <laughs> she didn't know that. Tell your daughter was upset. I didn't know them. So get, give me a song that you'd listen to to pump you up. Like if you were getting ready, to, you were driving driving to the pool for lunch. You know, and you're going to do a hard set. What, give me a song that you'd listen to. Yeah, so uh, the one that typically comes up, and it's a weird, obscure one, but it's um, it's Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band playing Jolie Blonde, which is uh, um, a song made famous by uh, Gary U.S. Bonds, but Springsteen during a concert, he always has a stump the E Street Band section where people just give him names of songs and he picks them out of the the audience and he says, "All right, band, we're playing this one." Oh wow! And and so it, it it's really cool because um, the band members say they have about thirty seconds for the teleprompter guy to find the lyrics on the internet <laughs> and get them up on the teleprompter. And they have to figure out the rest of the song from there, right? And so there's just a great version of that that he sings that it's just fun to listen to, and that's the one that gets me going for for a hard set. Oh, okay. I'll have to look that up. I've never never heard of that song at all. It sounds like he does like uh, what the Roots do on Jimmy Fallon, like the Roots pretty much, yeah. Can play almost anything, you know? Yeah, when they're that ridiculously talented, yeah. right? No, that's cool. All right, um, we're coming up on our hour, but I got uh, one last question for you. Like, in any context, you know, it could be like a movie you've seen or, you know, a show that you've seen. It could be uh, something you saw on Facebook, um, anything. In any context, what's the best thing you've seen uh, during quarantine? Or with oh, it's going to be a race between two things, right? I, I love John Krasinski's Some Good News um, stuff. I, I think that's just fantastic. And the fact that he got, you know, Oprah Winfrey and all those folks to, to participate. Hold on. Right? Coach, do you know who that is? John? No. Have you ever seen The Office? No. No. 
Coach doesn't know who that is, but that's all right. Now you're going to get my kids yelling at me. <laughs> right. He's probably seen a movie with them in it, but anyways. Yeah, that, no, that's good. Go ahead. And, and then the other one, which uh, is going to sound ridiculously nerdy, um, but right in the first week or two of, of the COVID, um, Andrew Lloyd Webber, who uh, he writes, you know, Phantom of the Opera and some of those very famous Broadway shows. He just videotaped himself at home sitting down at the piano and he played one of the famous songs from Phantom of the Opera. And then the next week, the Phantom of the Opera Orchestra added all their parts to oh, it, wow. right? As a, as sort of a celebration of his, him and his, his thing. And, you know, of course, he just played whatever arrangement he wanted to play and then they all just added to it. So it was just really interesting to see, you know, again, very talented, you know, musicians or whatever put together. Yeah. Uh, that song. So, you know, just that, those kind of stuff that just impresses me what humanity can do when, when yeah. they uh, want to celebrate something. No, it is. It, I mean, we all pitch in together and try to make something better. I mean, get a lot accomplished. Right. Well, I had, uh, well, my daughter, of course, she graduated college and was a little mopey that, um, oh, I don't get to do the graduation ceremony and all that sort of stuff. And I said, you know, but you are saving humanity. So there's a little bit of a payoff <laughs> to it, right? So, you know, you have a better story to tell than all of the rest of us have ever graduated from Purdue. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Definitely story to tell. We had a, a senior on here that swam, um, has a 100 butterfly record, uh, Drew Reeves. And um, it's kind of cool. We had him on here with uh, Davin Harp, who had the 100 butterfly record before him. Drew was actually like a. A really good track athlete as well and so like his whole track season you know just kind of vanished for a senior year so we right. talked to him i was i mean he had a really positive attitude about the whole thing um you know uh, again they're gonna have way better more interesting stories than all the rest yeah. of us who had just a traditional senior year right yeah no, but I remember when I was that age, 18 or like your daughter graduating college, like 23 years old, man, I thought I knew everything. You know, I look, at, <laughs> I look back at, the, at myself now and I'm just like, man, I was a baby. I knew absolutely nothing. So, and I'm sure I'll be coach's age or your age, Eric, and look back at 39 and be like, I don't <laughs> right. know nothing back then. Yeah, so. that's what, that's, that's what we call experience, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh, let me see. Uh, no, I think that's pretty much it. Um, I wrote down a few other things here, but uh, yeah, they're one offs. I definitely got two. Um, we don't need to bore. We don't need to bore the world more, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, Coach Lori Dryling's on again. She listens every week. So. Yeah, bless her heart. She said hi. Hey, Lori. <laughs> um, she used to kick kick my ass in the pool too. Yeah. So you just sort of went, went to one of our first time state state uh, qualifiers in high school. Yeah. Well, 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 you need to have her on. So. Well, yeah. Yeah. Lori, be great. Um, next week we're gonna have um, Kate and Kara Zilger. I don't know um, Kate's maiden name, but they're sisters. So from kind of my era. So we're gonna have them on next week, Kara. So so it should be fun. It'll be our fir first uh, video of. You know, four people total. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, coach, you got anything else you want to add? No, just thanks, Eric. I, I thought it was fascinating, and and like I said, I'm so proud of you. And and uh, as well, I am with all my swimmers, but you, uh, uh, it's been you, great having you on, and great seeing you. You you need to take uh, at least part of the blame for the inspiration to do it. So <laughs> well, I'm glad for that. I'm glad to hear you say that. Yeah, Eric, you got anything you want to add? Tell Coach or anything before we get out of here. Coach, I, I, you know, I appreciate all you've done for the, you know, you built the Tulsa Day Swimming Program, and you know, I hope it it continues to thrive and and grow. And I appreciate the that all of the effort and, and time that you put into it in those years and since. And I, you know, I can't imagine uh, it being, you know, any better without you so thank you for all of that 
like I say, because of people like you. <laughs> I, I got there, so appreciate it. He's so humble, Eric. You're not going to be able to get him to take any credit for anything. <laughs> I know. So, I mean, it's the truth. So. <laughs> Even your bum shoulder. He says he's partly to blame, but he's not taking any credit for it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Just one more over there. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, I'm going to head out of here and go eat some dinner. So, uh, Eric, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Hey, thanks for putting this together. This is great. It's a great yeah, trip yeah. down memory lane. So, and you know, I look forward to listening to and watching more of them. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's been fun having a coach. Yeah, it's been great. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, thanks again. Thanks, Eric. Coach, I'll talk Thank to you, you later, man. All righty. Bye, guys. Bye.